0: This is the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Thursday, March 17th. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, and we are talking Patriots trades with uh, trader Bill Belichick. Getting after it in the last couple days with a couple moves. Looking to reshape this team a little bit heading into the 2016 season. Mark, what what was your first thought when you saw the, uh, the Chandler Jones trade just go across the ticker? Just that he was traded, not even knowing the return.
1: Well, first we gotta wish Happy uh, St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there, right? Happy what? St. Patrick's Day, man. Oh, I forgot. I've already been drinking. <laughs> that, but there you go. There you go. See, I'm just I'm just doing my pregame hydration right now. But when I first saw, I really wasn't surprised to be honest. You always knew that this was coming. And again, it it gets into the whole Bill Belichick philosophy. On being a year early rather than a year late, whether it's drafting a quarterback. I mean, he literally said that after they drafted Garoppolo at the podium, said, Look, you want to be a year ahead of this rather than a year late on replacing your quarterback. And we can see why. It's the same thing here with Chandler Jones. He was due for he was due to be a free agent next year. All signs were the Patriots had really weren't going to consider re signing him, especially to the kind of dollar amount that you would expect a guy like Chandler Jones would command in free agency so rather than you know let him play this year then fail to re-sign him and get a third round draft pick as part of the compensation for which i think they were scheduled to get if he became a free agent they couldn't re-sign him make the deal a year early get what you can get for him so they get a second and they get a former top 10 draft pick who struggled a little bit at times in Arizona although the twitter timeline had a great debate when this trade was made outstanding it was that was great i mean that was a full on popcorn situation my friend that was just phenomenal to watch. But then you get Dante Scarnecchia, who can see if he can make something out of Jonathan Cooper. If you can add him to that stable of offensive linemen and get something out of him, great. If not, well, then that's fine. You still get that extra second-round pick.
0: Well, and, and, and here's my thought. I want to just back up to, to Jones first because it seemed to me that when when I looked at Chandler Jones and what he was able to do I almost wonder if he was a little bit too one-dimensional for New England. I think he got better against the run in the last year, but I think that clearly he was a guy uh, who you know has one great skill in terms of his ability to rush the passer, in particular, right around that edge. That you know, just pure speed coming around the edge and, and yeah. good hands, able to get guys off him easily, but didn't necessarily, I think, set the edge the way that Bill Belichick wants, didn't necessarily have the versatility. We talk about what uh, Belichick and what Matt Patricia value with that versatility and didn't quite have that, I don't I don't think. And so, you know, when you looked at the Patriots that were coming up potentially for free agency next year, you look out and you still have guys like Dante Hightower, you still have Jamie Collins, you still have Malcolm Butler. And I think just because of that lack of versatility, that's what pushed Jones down to the back end and said, you know, and, and again with Belichick, as he said, look, he may be a year early, but he'd rather do that, get some kind of guaranteed return here, and then you can move on and try to figure things out. Plus, obviously, look, it, it clears up cap space to sign those other guys now.
1: Right, and, you know, you, the guys that you mentioned, Butler, Hightower, and Collins, I mean, that's pretty much the young core of this defense. I mean, Butler, I think, you know, him and McCordy are basically the two guys back yeah. in the secondary that they're gonna lean on. You know, Hightower is the green dot guy. I mean, he's the guy in the middle, he's the you know, leader of that defense. And Collins is basically what people would have loved to have seen Chandler Jones, a versatile linebacker that you can line up all over the field. I mean, you could put Collins in the A gap, you can put Collins on the edge, you can drop him into pass coverage, you can play him on special teams. You and just block can't field put him on
0: you just can't put him on the wheel route.
1: You just can't do that. No. But I mean, he can do pretty much anything else. Um, so when you look at that, and you look at, like you said, Chandler Jones can do one thing extremely well, but the Pats aren't an organization that values guys that can do one thing extremely well, unless that guy is Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, well, and and Tom Brady, as much as he does that one thing quote, he does a number of things with that one thing, obviously. Right. So I think You look at the return that you get there, and obviously you get the second round pick, as you said, which I believe is, is it number 61,
1: I think? I think because now they have 60 and 61. I
0: think it's 60 and 61. So you've got back-to-back picks there at the back end of the second round. Part of me wonders if you see them try to move up into the 45 or 40 range. I don't think that's necessarily something uh, that you'd see from them, but, you know, Keep in mind, we've always talked about how the Patriots like to trade down out of the first round, but moving up in the second round is something they have done occasionally. So, you know, you kind of wonder if that's something that they look to do just if they see someone uh, that's slipping that maybe they want in that 40 to 45 range, if they consider that. But beyond that, then you talk about, you know, the player that you get here. And you mentioned, look, it was it was a full-throated debate on Twitter uh, about Jonathan Cooper, who obviously came into the league highly touted as a guy who should be able to dominate at guard right off the bat, had some significant injury trouble, had trouble staying and even getting on the field at times. And then, you know, kind of this, this And it, look, I'm not an offensive line guru by any means, but you clearly had a, a you know, a divided Twitter presence in terms of guys who know their stuff, but, you know, had some very different opinions on him.
1: Yeah, and I'll get to that in a second. I do want to touch for a second on those picks that they have now in the second round because I was actually chatting with Dan Hatman the other day and we were talking a little bit about this draft class. And, you know, he said something that I think a lot of people kind of agree with, which is look, this draft class is deep and in that like 20 to 100 range. There's not a lot of wide variation in the skill sets between those players. You've got like good, solid players all along that spectrum. So, if you're going to be able to like stock picks in that, you know, 60 to, you know, 60 to 61 range or, you know, move up a bit, but still kind of have a good number of picks in that bracketed area, that's a good area to be. I think that's kind of the sweet spot for this draft. So, maybe that's what they're really trying to do is consolidate picks in that area. Back to the Twitter debate, though, that was amazing. And, you know, it started with guys from pro football focus who, again, they do great work the way that they structure it, talking about how Cooper was just one of the, you know, lower tier guards last season. And then Duke Mayweather, who knows is a little bit, you know, little something, something about playing offensive line, started with the vine clips and just highlighting that, look, you know you know Cooper's doing the right thing here he's doing the right thing here he's doing the right thing here PFF comes back with some clips and then you know Duke was explaining the way saying yeah well that looks bad but that wasn't his assignment so it was definitely fun to watch and like i said full on popcorn situation
0: yeah and and you look at Cooper and obviously the, the way i get the way i kind of view this trade is he's almost i don't want to say throwing but i i guess that's kind of the term i'd use it really seems to me it's Chandler Jones for a second-round pick and a flyer on a guy who, look, hasn't shown that he's able to consistently display the skills that people thought that he could in college, but you still get that second-round pick that hopefully you can turn into something. And if Cooper pans out, look, you, you've, you've come out ahead then if you're the Patriots. That's that, That's kind of how I view
1: it. Yeah, I th- I think that's a good point. And think about how injuries kind of decimated that Patriots offensive line oh. last season. And if the best you get out of Cooper is a swing backup guard, that's probably a pretty good thing for New England. It's still
0: valuable to you.
1: It's still valuable. I mean, so then if you've got injuries to you know Mason and you know Trey Jackson, if those guys get hurt, you've got a former top ten pick stepping in to back them up. Even I think that's his like floor. And if that's all they get, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree there. Let's go over and touch on uh, the other trade. This one came through uh, late Wednesday, really early evening Wednesday. I think right around uh, 6.15 Eastern time is when I first saw it. Martellus Bennett coming aboard uh, on the Patriots. And in exchange, Patriots, it looks like, are sending a fourth rounder out to Chicago and getting a sixth rounder back. Is that is that what I read? I'm just yeah, making sure. Yeah, that's what
1: I've read, too. And again... Put it aside, Bennett. We'll get to that in a second. What he can possibly bring to this offense that they're starting to put together—that's an additional pick. And I'm trying to pull it up right now. What picks the Patriots have? But if they're stockpiling picks, again, you're talking about a deep draft class. Maybe not spectacular at the top, but a lot of talent near that back end gives them more options to move around. Maybe come up in the you know day three early and make you know get a guy that they like. Now with with
0: Bennett and. You know, I think a lot of people were initially pretty excited just because you see the name, and obviously he's a guy who a couple years ago uh, had an absolutely phenomenal year for Chicago, catching 90 balls uh, in the 2014 season on 129 targets. But you're not going to see 129 targets as the number two tight end in New England. You go back, you take a look at some of the other production the last four years here, 2012 for the Giants, 55 catches, 65 in 2013, 53 in 2015 so you've got a consistent track record there part of me wonders and I guess I look at Bennett and obviously look he's a big guy he's capable as a blocker so you know you're gonna see him out there a decent amount but in the New England offense that second tight end role especially with you know all the weapons that you have whether you're talking Edelman Amendola, bringing in Chris Hogan you've got Dion Lewis potentially coming back from injury are Patriots fans setting themselves up a little bit too much for – I
1: guess, are the expectations too high for Bennett? I don't know if the expectations are too high if you consider what might make the most sense in how they potentially use him. And it gets to a conversation we had at the ITP offices about Dan Vitale. And remember this conversation we yep. had about Vitali possibly fitting with New England? You go up tempo, 12 personnel, and you get Vitali as that second tight end slash H-back role. Well, you do that now, but with Bennett, not saying that Bennett's h H-back type guy, but you go 12 personnel. You've got maybe it's Hogan on one side, Edelman at the other receiver slot. You got Gronk and Bennett, and you got Lewis in the backfield, and you basically dare the defense to pick their poison. You line up and you say, We're gonna go up temple, we're gonna go no huddle. If you want to stay in base, fine, we'll split Lewis out from time to time. We'll go f- and we'll go empty backfield. And you decide who you want to try to cover Lewis and who gets to match up with Bennett and Gronk on the inside. If you want to go with your you know base your sub package and go, you know, four two five, then we'll bring Lewis inside and we'll run behind Bennett and Gronk. I don't think there's an idea if if you Pitcher using Bennett that way, I think it's brilliant. If you picture Bennett, you know, you look at his stats and say, "Oh, he's going to catch fifty, sixty balls." Well, I don't. Then you, I think you are setting yourself up for a little bit of disappointment.
0: Yeah, and and you look at this and you say, "Okay, with all of the uh, you know all the guys that New England has." you know, you're probably going to see a guy like Edelman, if he stays healthy, he's going to get his 90 to 100 catches. You know that. You look at Gronk and you say, okay, if he stays healthy, he's getting his 75 to 80 catches. So, you know, you kind of go out and you say, okay, now there's another, you know, four guys sitting there that you've got another 200 catches to spread. So you've got another, you know, maybe somewhere in that 40 to 50 range potentially, but, you know, even that's probably on the upside. I don't think you're going to see a situation where, where Bennett's going, as you said, for you 60-70 know, catches just because there aren't enough touches to go around there. It doesn't mean he's not worth it. It doesn't mean he can't open up other things for other players. And, you know, I, th- I think the teams are going to have a hell of a time. Again, you lay out that, uh, you know, that, that 12 personnel setup that you said where you say, look, you've got him and Gronk set up, whether it's, you know, both to one side or, uh, you know, split out to opposite sides. You even saw the Patriots splitting both tight ends, him and Scott Chandler, all the way wide outside the numbers this year. You've got a lot of different options that you can run there. And I think for Patriots fans, I think the big thing is just you know, I think a lot of Patriots fans got pretty excited about the Scott Chandler acquisition just seeing how he had really kind of destroyed the Patriots when he was on Buffalo previously. And I think a lot of a lot of Patriots fans were probably a little disappointed by that. And you know, there's there's something to be said though if if Bennett can come in and just give you a solid 35 to 40 catches but do what he needs to do, be a good target in the red zone, be able to be a good inline blocker. That, that's still a valuable role on this team, especially with the
1: departure of Chandler. It's a very valuable role. And, you know, you mentioned injuries. Again, if you decide to go 11 personnel from time to time, but get, you know, get Gronk some time on the sideline, you, you, you know, Brennan, Brennan Bennett, you know, and he owe 11 personnel. So, you know, if they suffer another injury to Adelman or Amendola or Hogan, Hes again another way to get guys open and you got a guy that you can split outside you can even put him in the slot Chicago did that from time to time They you know put him in the slot and have him just run curl routes against you know safeties that are overmatched I mean. Again, football, especially in this day and age, it's it's the ultimate chess match of trying to exploit matchups and I think his size, his athletic ability, he just allows Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick yet another weapon to do some incredible creative things with.
0: Yeah, now the other thing for
1: uh Bennett, his contract does appear to be yeah. up after this year. So Yeah, I mean this is kind of like a one year Prove me to prove it type deal. I think where he'll come in if he has the kind of year the Patriots fans are hoping he'll have, he'll be set for a monster payday next year,
0: yeah. And you know, certainly, I think you know, that's what you hope for is that you say, okay, you've got a guy who's motivated coming, you know, going into his walk year, doesn't have anything guaranteed after this. You hope he comes out and says, "Look, I'm going to put everything out there on the field this year. Do what I can to get my, you know, pretty much last contract." You've got a guy who is going to be—it's uh, his age 29 season, so pretty much Bennett playing for his last chance at a big payday here. And you hope that he comes out and just you know shows up in good shape, ready to go, and pretty much uh, you know comes out and is able to uh, be that second tight end option opposite Rob Gronkowski there
1: yeah I mean again it it's one of those deals that you see it in March, and it looks really 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 good on paper, but it's march how much uh How much tape have you watched on Bennett from the last year or two um I actually, when the trade was announced, I went back through the i t p archives and you know I had done some work on him. There was a piece that I found where I was trying to see what Heath Miller might do one week, and I found some tape of Bennett and that's actually what I mentioned earlier. That um that they would line Chicago would put him in the slot and just have him run car routes. I mean that's the piece I was kind of thinking of the the film that I had studied for that. So I've done a decent amount, and it's part of the reason why I you know as a Patriots fan, which I do admit we both are, I was excited when I heard this deal it was because it gives you options, and from the film that I've seen. He gives you some pretty good options,
0: and, and so it seems like the routes that he's capable of running at a high level are ones that you see in that New England offensive defense amount, a decent amount.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think he should be able to fit you know fit pretty well with this option you know option routes. Um, even did some stuff against New England where he split out wide and ran fade routes in the red zone. I yep. mean, it's kind of stuff that you see them doing with Gronkowski. So if he's got that got, got those clubs in his bag, he'll fit in. Fitting quite nicely, I think.
0: If you are, uh, and obviously it's before any of the uh, the next season has run. If you're grading the combination of these two trades for New England, what do you give
1: them? <sighs> um, I think they're both um, well. If I'm grading them, I think the Jones trade is probably a solid B. You know, you're 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 ahead of it, and you get a chance to, you know. You see what you can get out of Cooper and you get, you know, a second round pick, which is better than the thirty we're gonna get if you can't re sign him. The Bennett one looks to be, I'd say, a B plus, maybe even an A because, I mean you get you know, you exchange a fourth for a sixth and you get Bennett out of it. Maybe if it's just one year, I mean, the Tom Brady window is closing, so Get so, him another weapon. So
0: is that reference to the uh, Tom Brady window, the fact that that sixth-round pick may turn into the next Tom Brady?
1: I wasn't going there, but if you want to go there, sure, we can go there. First place my mind
0: went is, is you just wonder if that's going to be pick 199 next year. It could be. You just got to wonder. Maybe it happens
1: again. Maybe they strike lightning again. Maybe pick one to nine ninety nine happens to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know the next year's quarterback class far better than I do at this point. You're probably yeah. just about done with your uh, research right now.
1: Um, I do have the binder ready to go. As you know, I'm I'm team handwritten notes, team binder and everything. Binder is up. I've, I actually, I have started on the next class. I have. I that's will That's what say it's
0: that. all about. That's what Never it's, stop working, people. That's what it's all about. Uh, we're cooked for the day. That's it. All in the we mail. We are cooked.
1: We are. One more show. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Remember that it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Or Just a marathon remember. sprint. I know. I know you have that marathon sprint mentality, but... Mark, I'm, they I'm, they only look like they're going slow on TV. They're really
0: running four thirty miles over and over and over. I know, I know. You gotta, you gotta put in the work. It's what it's all about.
1: You gotta just stay hydrated, kids.
0: That's all I'm saying. Stay very hydrated, folks. We're out until uh, tomorrow. Once again, do enjoy St. Patty's Day. Stay safe while you do. Mark Schofield, Chuck Zada. We'll catch you later.